Good evening, afternoon, Tuscaloosa. How are you doing right here, Internet World? What's going on? It's the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. You're watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Hanging out with us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. Looking us up, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central on all your podcast platforms. We're a proud part of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network. Our friends Blue Collar Unplugged just put out a new episode. You can see it right there at BamaCentral.com. We are the Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. You can check us out at Bama Central on the X Machine, at Alabama Crimson Tide, at Sports Illustrated on Facebook. You can check us out at Bama, S, at Bama Central SI, excuse me, Bama Central SI on Instagram. I am, of course, I'm at Joe Gaither 6 on all your platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. It's at Joe Gaither 6, the same username right there. So you can connect with me, send me your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's a Friday. It's a football Friday of sorts. We're going to get into the Rose Bowl. We've had a lot of fun on the show already this week. We talked to Will Miller yesterday for a little bit of time. You want to check out those episodes with Will Miller. You never know where they're going to go. We talked with Michael Bronner on Tuesday of WNSP. Talked to him about Ryan Williams, and a ton of other topics. On Wednesday, we talked to Jacob Bain about Mississippi State, and we talked to Joey Van Zimmeren about Missouri. So we had a lot of fun with a lot of guests this week, and we will get back into guests next week as we are starting to be, you know, two to two weeks away from bowl prep. Uh, we are 17 days away from the Rose Bowl. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? Austin Hannon is uh, in the house. Uh, we are 17 days away from the Rose Bowl. Uh, we'll get back to having good guests like Austin Hannon and hanging out with us on future football Fridays. We're going to talk about the bowl games. We're going to talk about the early enrollees. It's a huge day for, you know, next Wednesday is college football signing day, uh, early football signing day. But uh, really, today is kind of a, a sneak day, sneak look ahead. Uh, we'll talk about Alabama and Creighton. We'll talk about Bill Hancock and everything that he put out in a letter to uh, to uh, Rick Scott, the Florida senator who's got a beef with the college football playoff. And we'll talk our early thoughts about Michigan as well. So where to begin? Let's begin with early enrollees. Early enrollees, they had 11 members. 11 members of the 2024 class. Look, you all know the 2024 class is ranked number four in 24-7 uh, sports. And most of the outlets on three, you got a little bump up. Uh, rivals, you got a little bump down. So really anywhere in the top five is Alabama's 2024 class, highlighted by Julian Sayan and now highlighted by Ryan Williams. But 11 members of the 2024 class have enrolled today or are enrolling today, enrolling over the weekend. We'll say that to give a little bit of a cushion for some all-star games. I know William Sanders texted me. He's at an all-star game. He's going to be there on Sunday. Uh, basically, 11 guys enrolling uh, over the weekend, and then you have another five guys hanging out, working their way into the uh, into the program over the course of time. I know one guy, Jameer Grimsley, is going to be coming in after Christmas. So what do you have? You have 21 committed guys in the 24 class. You're going to have 16 of the 21 guys coming into bowl practice, coming into uh, as early enroll, and no, okay. First off, first thought for all the uh, get the stupid get the easy questions out of the way. They are not eligible to play. Duh, they're not eligible to play in the college football playoff. Sorry, you can't see Ryan Williams, even though he's not in early enrolling. He's going to enroll uh, in the summer, likely. He's, he's going to sign in February and enroll in the summer. Uh, but no, you can't see Julian saying, not that you would want to. Why would you want to? You can't see Caleb Odom tied in. Um, you can't see any of these guys in the bowl for games, but they're going to get great, great experience practicing. So let's talk about them. There's 11 guys uh, enrolling this weekend. We'll get to the other five guys in future shows, probably on Wednesday when we do more of a look at recruiting over the ne next week. But first, Julian Sayan is enrolling. Your five-star from California is enrolling today, is enrolling over the weekend. Xavier Brown, four-star cornerback from California, is enrolling. Four-star tight end. We just hit him. Caleb Odom from the Atlanta area. Jeremiah Beeman, four-star defensive lineman from Birmingham. Casey Poe, a four-star offensive lineman out of Texas. Peyton Woodyard, safety, four-star safety out of California. Sterling Dixon, four-star 
linebacker out of L.A., lower Alabama. Uh, and then you got Joseph Iannata right there out, out of Florida, four-star offensive lineman, four-star offensive lineman in, in William Sanders is enrolling over the weekend. Caden Jones is a linebacker out of North Carolina. And you all know Dre Kirkpatrick Jr. is a defensive back out of Gadsden, uh, Gadsden, Alabama. All right, so let's uh, – I got – I got uh, who's going to be the most uh, impactful in 2024? And really, who's going to be – you know, I want to just talk about kind of guys that – stand out to me. So who's going to be the most impactful out of these 11 guys in 2024? This is just a game. We're rolling the dice. Uh, I don't think Julian Sagan is going to be a player in 2024 uh, due to Jalen Milrow and his acumen. I think we're going to see Julian Sagan do great things here at the, at the Capstone. Xavier uh, Brown, cornerback's a hard, hard place to break into uh, the lineup early. We've seen, uh, we saw Kool-Aid McKinstry and we saw Patrick Sertain do that. We saw Drake or Patrick do that as well, but Marlon Humphrey had to uh, had the red shirt, so I don't think Xavier Brown's a great candidate either. Caleb Odom, tight end, that might be a decent candidate as a pass catcher. Uh, Jeremiah Beeman, defensive lineman, you're gonna have to develop a little bit uh, physically as a defensive lineman. Casey Poe, dude, Casey Poe looks like a player. What y'all? Oh, hey, puppy. Uh, my puppy's rolling around in the background. It's A-OK. -okay. Uh, Casey Poe looks like he's gonna be a player along the offensive line, but you know, what do you lose in the offensive line? Oh, that might be a good good candidate. Tyler Booker's going to be back, and Jaden Roberts are going to be back at, at the guard spots, uh, and Casey Poe's not going to be playing center. So, yeah, he's probably not going to be your answer. Sterling Dixon's going to need some more weight. Peyton Woodyard. Look, I'm going to go, oh, gosh. I think all these guys are going to be guys that you're going to see in the future. But if I had to pick one, and, yes, gun to your head, Joe, you do have to pick one, I will go, whew, I'll go Caleb Odom in his athleticism. He's going to get him out, out there on the field in pass-catching patterns uh, opposite Amari Nyblack. But, uh, yeah, I think all these guys, all 11 of these guys, are going to have to incubate a little bit uh, in 2024, and you're probably not going to see any of them uh, until – you know, until 2025. Now, also enrolling uh, at later dates, Red Morgan and Isaiah Faga uh, from Central Phoenix City. They just won, uh, yeah, they just won 7A. They just won 7A state championships here in Alabama. Jameer Grimsley, like I said, he's going to enroll after Christmas. Justin Okoronkwo is trying to get into the country from Germany. And Jalen Mbakwe is uh, working out his timeline as well from Clay Chalkville, uh, winners of the 6A state championship. So those are your 16 early enrollees. Uh, not too many guys that pop off the page, but I think what you get in this class is a lot of grit. I think there's a, lot, there's a high character in this class. Now, Julian Sayan is obviously the superstar big name in the class, and I think that once Jalen Milrow moves on, you're going to have a really, really interesting quarterback battle. Now, Jalen Milrow obviously uh, said two days ago on the next round live, and that's going to move me into my next topic, uh, on the next round live, uh, about that he's going to come back. He's going to come back, and obviously it, it, as he comes back, he's going to walk right into the starting job, uh, maintain his position as starting quarterback here at the University of Alabama. Uh, brings me into, you know, next round live and kind of uh, the, their their method. Somebody was complaining about them trying to get Jalen Milrow to say something, uh, and, and look, uh, Jalen Milrow, his media training is off the chart, off the chart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he doesn't say hardly anything interesting up at the podium. And that's by design. And he said he's the same sort of way in interviews. And for him to break the news that he's coming back to the capstone for another year, it wasn't huge news it was more vanilla news it was kind of like confirmation of things that we already thought uh obviously he could have gone pro as a redshirt sophomore and i think i've said it on the program before if he went pro i think that he'd be a third to fourth to fifth round pick between three and five uh obviously it only takes one team to fall in love with you and if a team like falls in love with you like uh like teams fell in love with anthony richardson last year then he could skyrocket up draft boards um, but I think he's making a strong decision coming back for another year, his redshirt junior year. And I guess he could have gone to the transfer portal, taken the 1% uh, chance and gone to the transfer portal, uh, but confirming that he's coming back to the capstone. Uh, look, 
I think that shows whenever I have guests on, I want them to make either not news, but I want I'm, I'm open to them always making news. Uh, I want them to, to to speak their mind. I want them to be fun. I want them to be friendly. Like I would love to have Jalen Milrow on, but I don't think I'd get a whole lot out of him because of his nature. And so I don't really think there's a whole lot of criticism for the next round live celebrating Jalen Milrow's kind of uh, reveal uh, re- reveal of the news uh, as. Hey, it's a good show moment. Uh, Jalen Milrow made some news because usually, you know, I look, you, I think I talked about this after the bye week. I tried to get Jalen Milrow to say anything that he did over the bye weekend, uh, whether he went to a movie or had a nice dinner or, you know, went to the something over the bye weekend. Uh, and he was like, nope, uh, <laughs> uh, the grind don't stop. The grind don't stop. So I really, uh, you know, appreciate him breaking that news and appreciate the guys at the next round live celebrate that as well uh let's uh let's move into let's move into bill hancock because bill hancock made some interesting news today sending letters to uh to rick scott the florida senator and this is interesting look we've been following obviously alabama is in the college football playoff and that's a lot of fun uh for for, for us at this uh for with our perspective but senator scott obviously uh, rick scott from florida wanted florida state to be in and and wanted you know wanted an injunction wanted an inquiry inquiry excuse me inquiry oh that's a hard word uh inquiry uh so we wanted to find out why florida state got left out and senator scott uh, got this letter from Bill Hancock today. I am Bill Hancock, blah, 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 blah. Here's why we have 13 experts. We've got a big committee. Uh, you went after Bill Kerrigan, this year's director. He said, uh, came down to a couple of decisions. Here's two of them. Number one, the protocol requires the committee to take into consideration the unavailability of key players that may affect a team's performance during the postseason. Simply put, Florida State is not the same team without its star quarterback. It caused the committee to believe that there were indeed four teams that should rank higher than FSU. Number two, FSU's strength of schedule was not as strong as the four teams that were ranked ahead of them. As I'm sure you're aware, strength of schedule is a key metric as the committee takes into consideration. If being undefeated without regard to a team's strength of schedule was part of our protocol, other universities with undefeated records would have routinely been considered continue, considered for the playoff. There have been eight, counting Florida State, undefeated teams that did not make the playoff. While this is the first year such a team from a so-called Power 5 conference, strength of schedule remains a crucial factor. Um, Bill Hancock basically just took a huge poo, huge pooey on uh, on the whole ACC right there. I mean, not only – I mean, look, we, we, we know the whole deal with Jordan Travis, right, finished fifth in the Heisman Trophy, and obviously it's tragic that he broke his ankle, and you want to see people compete at their best. It's, it's, that's no good for anybody. Uh, but Bill Hancock totally just took a, uh, a hammer out to the ACC. I mean, are, are they not a Power 5 conference? Or do we not have five – I mean, look, I understand there's only four spots, and we've already talked about it on the program before that I think they got the right four teams into the playoff as far as combination of who the best four and the most deserving for. I'm sorry, Florida State, you did deserve to get in. You absolutely deserve to get in, but so did Texas, so did Alabama, so did Washington, and so – so did Michigan, who we'll get into in a little bit later part of this program. So you have five deserving teams. You only have four spots. You've got to decide either who's better uh, by the eye test. And you know, when you take the eye test into account, yes, I know that uh, the second string quarterback for Florida State is going to be back from his concussion, but you're just not quite the same team offensively speaking as uh, Michigan, as Alabama, as Washington, or as Texas has shown, in my opinion. Now, uh, the college football playoff uh, committee agreed with that opinion. I understand if you're a Florida State uh, sympathizer or a Florida State fan or an ACC fan, and you think that they, they they did have a chance. Like, look, any given Saturday, anything can happen. Auburn almost beat Alabama. Anything can happen any given Saturday. Kansas beat Oklahoma that day. Like, look, it just happens. You, you roll the football out and anything can happen. But I don't think that they were one of the four best teams in the country. Now, you hit the second part. Like, the, the first part, Jordan Travis aside, we all kind of agree. We all can kind of see that that, that, that stinks for them. The second part is a little bit um, – 
a little bit telling, in my opinion, for Bill Hancock. He basically says that uh, he basically blames it on strength of schedule. And strength of schedule is an easy metric. But you look in the, the added layer, the added layer of insult of the so-called, you know, there have been, there have been eight power, there have been eight teams left out of the college football playoff who have went undefeated. Obviously, we all remember the big shenanigans with UCF calling themselves national champions in 2017. And Florida State, I've said it on this program, go beat Georgia and claim yourselves a national championship. Do it. That's fine. I think you absolutely should. But uh, all, all this to say, he took a big old dump and, and a big old uh, whack at the ACC calling on a so-called P5, P5 conference. Oh, uh, so if they're not a P5 conference, is it the a, uh, the American conference? Are they the other fifth conference? Uh, I mean, obviously the Pac-12 is very strong this year. The SEC is always strong in football, strong in baseball, strong in other sports, strong in most athletics. The Big 12, you know, had its Oklahoma and Texas. They're going to say goodbye at the end of the uh, here, here in the next couple of months. But uh, you know, they had some decent teams, I guess. Oklahoma State was okay. Uh, Kansas had their big win, as we just alluded to. But really, if ACC is not a not a Power Five conference, who is? And if it's not if it's not about winning a Power Five conference, it, basically they should have, should have just put the first point. Jordan Travis got hurt. Jordan Travis got hurt. Florida State's a different team. Second point, we just did what we wanted to. That's all they should have said. We did what we wanted to. We did what made money. We did what made the most money. We did what's going to draw the most television eyes. Here's the deal. You put 13 people in the room, like obviously they ga- they came to the conclusion, uh, they came to the conclusion, wa- Michigan, Washington, <clears throat> Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. And I think that's probably the right conclusion as far as, you know, equal representation across the entire country, getting a playoff involved that everybody can 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 get, you know, eyes on to January 1. Look, the whole country is going to be watching it. You can say, oh, I'm going to boycott it. I'm not going to watch it because Florida State's not in it. But you're going to watch it. Like, look, you are going to be sitting there on New Year's Day and you're going to say it's 4 o'clock. It's 4 o'clock. The sun's going down and I'm flipping, you know, ABC, the Rose Bowl's on it. Gosh, dang. It, you got two helmets, Michigan and Alabama, boom, right there on your television. You're gonna watch it, and so will I. Uh, so the college football playoff, they designed this, they sit there and said, Oh, we can have three blue bloods, Michigan, number one, duh. We can have Michigan number one. Oh, Alabama SEC champion. Well, we can't put them number two. You know, we got to move them around. They can only go up so so many spots. Oh, Texas beat them, and they're another blue blood, and they're a Big 12 champion. We got three blue bloods, Texas, uh, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, and then you bring in undefeated Washington, and boom, we got ourselves a playoff, boys. Unbelievable playoff as far as pageantry goes, as far as college football history goes. And people could say, oh, it's an invitational. Well, it's an invitational for damn good teams. That's for sure. That's absolutely for sure. Now, you can talk about Florida State not getting in and cry about Florida State. And look, Florida State, go beat Georgia. Claim yourselves a national championship. The whole issue, we've had this discussion already on the program, is with Texas. You look at the BCS, uh, the BCS rankings, the final BCS rankings, and it was what? Mich- it was uh, Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Florida State, then Texas. So Alabama was always going to be in the playoff. The, co- the SEC champion was always going to be in the playoff. And Bill Hancock sending a message today basically to all the polit- politicians who have gotten on board with, oh, we're going to take the college football playoff to task. We're going to take the college football playoff to court. We're going to waste tax dollars. We're going to waste time, basically, and waste money. Uh, waste time and money and crying about this. And essentially, Bill Hancock said today, you're out. This is why. Sorry. Don't. I mean, don't. I mean, look, it's a selection process for a reason. People are always going to be upset for a reason. Next year, there's going to be 12 teams. And look, I am sorry for, for you, Florida State. Mike Norvell, you may never have a team that's as cohesive, that's as aggressive as a, uh, up front uh, on defense. You may never have as good of a pair of, uh, of wide receivers as you do this year. Your quarterback got hurt. But look, it seems like Florida State's building a culture. You're going to be back. All this stuff, you know, the 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 the, poli- the kind of political pulls in the back alley. Florida State wanting to leave the a- a- ACC. Florida State kind of getting money together uh, to look to explore the ACC exit fee. You know, I, I I wonder how much the ACC really fought for Florida State. The only real incentive for ACC to kind of boost up and fight for 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 Florida State is to get the college football uh, playoff money, and there is a lot of money at stake. You 
absolutely want that. But really, you just have a lot of backroom dealings, and you've got uh, the you know a lot of Florida State. You did it to yourselves here. Now you can go back. You, you shouldn't go back all the way to '92 when when Bobby Bowden talked about we had a chance to join the SEC and we didn't. That's 30 years ago. That's 30 years ago, and that, that, that's a way old hat. But what you should go back to is recent time with with kind of this bowl alignment, this bowl realignment, and now Florida State and Clemson kind of hanging out, looking for ways out of the ACC, the Big Ten, looking if they want to gobble them up, if they're going to get moved into the SEC, so in, in any kind of fashion. Uh, I, I think that they kind of put themselves on an island politically in their own conference, and yes, they won on the field, uh, but the conference wasn't very strong to back them up, and then obviously wasn't very vocal to uh to say hey you know you you got to put put us in the college football playoff bill hancock sending a letter today to rick scott if you haven't read it it's worth the read i just read you the 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 two points basically outlines the two reasons while they why they were ranked number five was jordan travis's injury and their strength of schedule uh really if you put those two and two together it, it continued like the whole the whole deal for me continues to go the college football playoff committee did a terrible job setting up to get to these final four and really their explanations have been bad. If those two facts remain true, Jordan Travis, Jordan Travis's injury, broken ankle. Yes, we all saw it. That's really that's really terrible. Different team without him. Uh, and the strength of schedule. Yes, we saw him play Boston College. We play, saw him play teams like Virginia Tech and, and, you know, obviously the ACC schedule. They played Miami uh, and, you know, you beat LSU, you beat Florida. Good for you. Good for good, good, good wins there. The the, the 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 fact of the matter is, oh my gosh, I lost my point right there, and I was going, and I and I, and I had it all, all all buttoned up. Damn. Uh, no, the, the the fact of the matter is, with with Rick Scott asking for all these injunctions, the, the the playoff committee essentially just said that uh, the ACC wasn't good enough. I think that these backroom dealings uh, were these backroom dealings that the the Florida State had with its own conference and with all this realignment. Um, you know, it puts a shroud over this playoff. But once you play on the field, once we get there in 17 days, I think that you will see a true champion on the field. Now, people can say, even if Florida State beats Georgia and Alabama wins, Texas wins, whoever wins, <clears throat> you, you might have two undefeated champions. I think you, you might have a split national champion, and it's fine. But the winner of this year's college football playoff will have beaten two quality football teams, really, really good football teams. Uh, and, and for all that to say, Bill Hancock, I think, defended the playoff nicely. He should have just said, we just do what we want with that second point uh, because with his – uh, kind of uh, slapping down a so-called P5 conference. I was uh, a little bit, uh, I was a little bit surprised at the insult that he gave to the ACC. Now next year it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be a whole lot different with the 12 team playoff that Florida State would be safely in. But you're also going to see a massive Big Ten with uh with, with the uh, swallowing up of the Pac-12, and uh, you're really going to like see no Pac-12. You wonder what what uh, what Oregon State is going to end up doing, Washington. State is going to end up doing, uh, and you're going to have 12 teams in Florida State. You'll be in. Uh, Mike Norvell, keep growing, keep working that transfer portal uh, as you seem to be doing, and you'll be right there in the 2024 college football playoff. All right, so there's my Bill Hancock. We'll save Michigan's early thoughts. Uh, we got Bama and Creighton. We'll go to that. Uh, we, we've already hit uh, bowl practice. Oh yeah, we got to do that. Okay, Bam. Bam uh, yeah, Bama and Creighton is next. Uh, Bama and Creighton are playing tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Uh, on what channel are we playing on? Oh boy, boy, boy. That would have been helpful information, Joe, to have. Uh, that would have been smart to have that pulled up. Uh, but you're Saturday. At, yeah, you're playing at seven o'clock on Fox. Thank you. Uh, seven o'clock on Fox. Uh, you've come out. You're coming off a loss against Purdue. Obviously, everybody watched that against Zach Eady. Uh, you've lost uh, three out of your last five, and really, you know, you've lost Ohio State, Clemson, and Purdue. Oh, you're going to Nebraska, who they're they're five and zero at home. They've lost like seven, eight games. Uh, I think Coach O said uh, 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 under under head coach uh, McDermott, uh, non conference games under head coach McDermott uh, during his tenure. So, really tough place to play. Hmm. I'm really. I'm in the same place where I've been with with this basketball team. Nine games in the season. You're six and three. We all know you can score. We all know you're going to be able to uh, light light up the uh, scoreboard. 
pretty consistently. Can you defend? That's what it's going to be all about tomorrow night over there in Nebraska. And that's really all I have to say about it. I mean, look, look you're going to have another seven-footer to defend. He's not going to be as big as Zach Eady. Uh, so obviously the Zach Eady experience uh, carries over just a little bit. You hope that the offensive explosion, the, the offensive output from Mark Sears keeps up. You want more from Aaron Estrada. You want to see more from Aaron Estrada when they're both on the floor. You kind of see them kind of maybe hamper one or the other, in my opinion, when, when, when they're on the court together. And so you want to see the offense. I mean, even though it is bleeping hot, it is really, really hot. Uh, it, it seems a little bit like the two of them kind of get in one another's way just a touch, just a touch. But the main focus is the defense. The main focus is the defense. Coach Nato is talking in the Coleman Coliseum media room today, uh, basically saying that they tried to do some things against Purdue, uh, closing out on certain guys, doubling on certain guys, and they left wrong shooters open. They doubled wrong guys, uh, and that's what led to so many defensive breakdowns against the Boilermakers last Saturday. So you've had a week to think about it. You've had a week to worry about it. Uh, and so now, so now you're going over to, to Nebraska. The guys flew out today. Uh, and you're going to be on, on Big Boy TV again. Uh, look, you're exciting, Alabama. You're exciting on television. I, I, I had a very, very brief moment with Grant Nelson walking out of the Coleman Coliseum uh, media room, basically saying, hey, 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 good luck. And yeah, man, thanks. That sort of thing. And his spirits seemed high. He was he was pumped up to get, to get in the car and head, out, head, head on out there. Uh, really show me show me because right now I don't believe that this basketball team is anywhere close to either of the teams that won SEC championships uh, just in the fact of whole bad both both ends of the floor basketball the offense is so good the offense is really good uh but the defense is pretty pretty poor in my opinion uh and I think the offense is really dependent on Obviously, this is a stupid statement for basketball, but it's dependent on made, on made shots. You haven't been getting a whole lot of real easy looks, per se. Uh, you, you created looks for Mark Sears in the last game very nicely uh, with the horns package, the horns set, the screen and roll, uh, the, the screen and uh, the pick and pop for Mark going over the horns uh, and, and hitting those, those threes. Nice to see that, uh, but you want to see it on the defensive end. For, 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 so, 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 so tomorrow night, uh, the non-conference schedule, the difficult non-conference schedule, continues for Alabama. Uh, playing number eight Creighton, your second top ten, ten top ten team in a row. Excuse me, top ten team in a row. It'd be huge to get a road win. It would be massive. Maybe it would sneak you back into the top 25 uh, and reset your season back on track after the last two weeks have just not been that good. Uh, obviously, you never want to lose games, but you've just not been there on the defensive side of the floor, especially uh, in the losses to Ohio State, to Clemson, and last week to Purdue. All right, uh, bowl practice structure. Uh, Pat McAfee, uh, he had he, he had Nick Saban on today instead of Thursday, so it was fun. That was an interesting thing. We've written about it on BamaCentral.com. You can uh, read about that right now if you want to. But I found it very interesting, Coach Saban revealing his bowl game process, uh, revealing his process for what the bowl game is going to look like as far as practice structure. Look, we already knew that the guys were going to be off until tomorrow. We knew that. We knew they were reporting today. The first practice is tomorrow. The early enrollees that we talked about at the beginning of the show aren't putting on pads today. They're basically moving into dorms. They're basically moving into dorms and apartments. Dorms. So Coach Saban was on with Pat McAfee today for about 15 minutes, and most of it was chalk talk. Most of it was basically chalk talk as far as coach talk, as far as coach speak, as far as yuck, 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 y'all made the playoffs, yuck, 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 what you've been doing, recruiting, hope recruiting's been going good. They give him a hard time for his triple dip cup in the Ferrari. Uh, coach Saban seemed a little bashful about that, didn't want to comment too much about that, kind of was like, oh, the recruit caught me by surprise in the garage. Uh, so that was funny to see that. Uh, but really what stood out to me during the Pat McAfee segment was Coach Saban kind of letting you inside the mind of bowl practice and how it's evolved for the Coach Saban process over the course of 28 years uh, as head coach. So uh, he's, he talked about being at Michigan State and being at Michigan State where uh, he would practice to the bowl. He would practice for a couple days, take a couple days off, practice for a couple days, take a couple days off, all the way to the bowl, and it really stretched out the month. 
He said that once he developed an attitude of a one-game season, uh, it really helped him be more successful in bowl games. Now he's 16 and six here at the University of Alabama. He was what 19 and 11 all time is what I what, what, what I looked up. So uh, not 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 too hot uh, in the early days, but here at the Capstone, very very good in bowl games, playoff games, and the like, national championship games. Uh, since he's been at LSU, really really good. Uh, so he said, oh, I started to treat things like a one-game season. So I give the play the time off to do their studies to do their final exams and that's kind of like their simulated summer their simulated off season they have to go through and, and maintain their own weight program maintain their program with coach Baloo and do their uh, simulated training that sort of thing to get together on their own because over the last over the last two weeks coach Saban and the staff has been recruiting no organized practice They've been recruiting their tails off. They've been all over the country. If you're following on, following them on social media, you've seen that. If you're reading our recruiting rundown on BamaCentral.com, you've seen that as well. Uh, they're all over the place, from California down to Florida, all over the place. Uh, so so uh, they get back today. All the early enrollees enroll uh, that are going to participate in bowl practice enroll, and basically they start practice tomorrow. And you'd think, okay, they've already got everything ironed out for the maize and blues, ironed out, ironed out for the number one team in the country. We're going to dive right into J.J. McCarthy and what the Tides are going to do. No, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Coach Saban is saying uh, the first three days of bowl practice are back to the fundamentals. They serve basically like camp practices, basically like uh, summer camp practices back to the fundamentals because the biggest thing in bowl practice uh, the biggest thing in bowl games is missed tackles missed tackles and fundamentals fundamentals as far as lining up fundamentals as far as hand placement fundamentals as far as uh getting to the right spot tackling communication those little things are looked over for the first three days of bowl practice and he said that while the guys uh the coaching the coaching staff have been looking at michigan no that no the uh the uh, the game plan is not complete Friday today is a, is a major studying day. He said it's an all-day planning day for the coaching staff. And he said over the next three days, uh, the coaches will be studying Michigan, preparing for Michigan, and on Monday presenting it to the, the Crimson Tide, presenting it to the players. Uh, so I thought it was very interesting, uh, the focus, the differences. He said they're going to simulate two game weeks so that uh, so, so, so next week will be a game week here in Tuscaloosa. And then they're going to travel out to, uh, obviously, Santa Clara. Uh, they're going to travel out to Santa Clara, out to Anaheim, out to LA, uh, that that area, and have another a second game week, uh, and basically then play the game on that uh, on that Monday. I believe it's Monday, January first, uh, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but but they're going to ha- have it on, on that January first. Uh, so it's, so it's a two game set, two two week setup for one game. Uh, he said, I think you can't over practice for an opponent. I think it's important to get back to the basics, back to the fundamentals. Uh, those fundamental practices are really really helpful for the freshmen and are going to be really really helpful for the early enrollees as well uh so i think it's going to be i think it's great uh, i think it's really interesting to get inside the mind of coach saban uh today on the pat mcafee show showing uh, us what the bowl practice will look like look we all knew that the guys were going to come back today. Duh, that wasn't breaking news. But the, it's kind of the how-to. And then he also, uh, secondarily, broke down the coaching staff. He said uh, over these three days, all the coaches, all the coaches, all the analysts have a certain aspect of Michigan to look for. Look, when I watch film, I watch film, and I'm looking at the line, and I'm kind of watching the ball, and I'm kind of watching the court. I'm kind of watching a little bit of all of it, and all of it and none of it at the same time. Uh, maybe you're just watching the football. Maybe you're watching certain players. Uh, I'm trying to just see trends and personnel packages, that sort of thing. Well, Coach Saban has everything so ironed out and so detail-oriented that each analyst and each uh, assistant coach has one thing that they're really looking for when it comes to the Wolverines, uh, whether you're looking at third down packages, whether you're looking at goal line packages, whether you're looking at short down, uh, short, uh, short yardage packages, whether you're looking at pass patterns, this, that, or the other, uh, whatever your assignment is, that's what you have to master. And so Coach is having these guys break down and master these certain small elements of the Michigan Wolverines. And then on Sunday, they're going to put them all together. They're going to bring everybody to a room. They're going to package them all together like a big old puzzle. And Coach Saban's going to uh, – Coach Saban, Tommy Reese, and Kevin Steele are going to beautiful mind them and put them up on the board and develop the game plan to give to the guys. And on Monday is the next time that we will hear from Coach Saban. That's going to be the time that he's going to address the media about the uh, – 
bowl game and about the bowl practices. And then Wednesday will be the next the, the last time we hear from Coach Saban in Tuscaloosa. Uh, we get him twice next week. Wednesday's press conference is going to be much more focused on the early signing period. I expect... Oh, uh, I expect 16. Yeah, I expect also I expect 16, the 16 players we highlighted at the beginning of the program to sign, all 16 to sign. Uh the only pl- players I don't expect to sign are the three wide receivers, Amari uh, Jefferson, Rico Scott, Amari Jefferson, Rico Scott and Ryan Williams, and then you're also going to see who are the other two guys that you're not going to see sign. Oh gosh, that's that's going to drive me crazy. Oh, uh J J the tight end, the tight end from uh, from from uh, Patrician Academy, Dre Thomas, uh, the tight end from Patrician Academy. He's on an official visit right now. Oh my gosh, driving me crazy. Where did I write about him earlier in the day? Jay Lindsay, excuse me, Jay Lindsay uh, is the other one. And there's someone else that'll come to me before the end of the show uh, as we need to move on and don't need to spend time going, uh, 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 right here on the Joe Gaither Show. We've been rocking and rolling for 35 minutes. I appreciate a lot of people watching us today. You've chimed in on the uh, Twitter comments uh, right there. appreciate it with Austin Hannon, uh, MTG Rao, Jose, Jeff Hughley. You guys have been uh, chiming in on us on some of these topics. You can jump in on all the comments at Joe Gaither 6 on any of the social media outlets. Uh, we're We're streaming live on YouTube. Facebook and Twitter. We're also on the Bama Central uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we post that after uh, after the show. We post it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. You can subscribe, rate, and review the show right there, the Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com. We've had a lot of stuff fun this football season. It's been a blast. We're 100 and some odd shows into this, into this uh, adventure. We've seen slow and steady growth. I appreciate everybody who's hung out with us and uh, given me constructive criticism, things I need to work on, things I need to uh, do better at, things I'm doing well, I'd appreciate all everybody who's chimed in and made me just a little bit better. Look, as we get into Christmas season, you guys are the reason I do this. And uh, I mean, I, I love the dog. You see Abby pop up occasionally, uh, but you guys are the reason that I do this. Okay, we talked about the early enrollees. We talked about the bowl practice structure, Jalen Milrow and his media habits, Bama versus Creighton, uh, Monday and Wednesday practice, Bill Hancock. Okay, I've got two more things. I've got the bowl slate. Because so it is technically a football Friday, full bowl slate tomorrow, and then I've got Michigan early thoughts because I've watched, I've spent the last two days watching those eight nine games of Michigan, the first eight nine weeks of Michigan. Uh, so let's go to the bowl slate. Let's flip over to the bowl slate as we are live tomorrow. It is a football Friday. I don't have our friends Katie Wyndham and Austin Hannon, so your picks will come from me. They won't be as good as Austin being on the show. Uh, Katie nailed the last week against the uh, the, the Georgia. Bulldogs calling a three-point win. Uh, Austin was all over it all season long, and we appreciate everybody who hung out with us on Football Friday as well. Chris Walsh, uh, Will Miller sometimes, Wyatt Fulton sometimes. Uh, we'll continue to have all calls for Bama Central staff uh, in the future. Always follow us at BamaCentral.com uh, for all your Alabama Crimson Tide coverage. So tomorrow at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., ooh, early Myrtle Beach Bowl over in uh, the Carolinas, Conway, South Carolina. Georgia Southern is playing Ohio Georgia Southern, two and a half point favorite. I am taking the Eagles just due to family allegiance. I have a lot of Georgia Southern uh, alums that are in my family and friends. So we're taking the Eagles. They're two and a half point favorite. We don't see why not. They are six and six. The Ohio Bobcats are nine and three. But uh, gotta get after that ass is the uh, Georgia Southern saying. Uh, So we're taking the Eagles to to win and cover in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. 11 a.m. That's going to be on ESPN. 11 a.m. on ABC. See Howard and Florida AM, the cricket celebration bowl. We're taking Florida AM. They are a seven and a half point favorite. They're 11 and one. They're going to keep it rolling in Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta over Howard, who is six and five. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch early in the morning. Uh, you got both those games battling it out. You can split screen it with ABC and ESPN for the cricket celebration bowl and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Continuing at 115, uh, ESPN as well. Uh, so it's going to go right on into at ESPN with a nice slate tomorrow. Jacksonville State against Louisiana in the RL Carrier New Orleans Bowl. So Louisiana playing right in their backyard in New Orleans. But Jacksonville State, a two-and-a-half point favorite, eight and four. You guys know Rich Rodriguez has been setting them on fire, setting the Gamecocks on fire. Louisiana is six and six. I'm taking the Gamecocks. I'm taking Rich Rodriguez to cap off his season with a bowl victory. Oh, look, the animal's getting back after it. Hey, hey, hey. 
no, we're not doing that right now. You got to give me about 10 more minutes. Uh, 2.30, and Miami of Ohio is playing Appalachian State. Miami of Ohio is playing Appalachian State at uh, 2.30 on ABC in the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. I should have said it. Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Uh, App, App State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I am uh, – I just got a feeling. I'll go with the underdog. Miami of Ohio is 11-2. and two. I'll go with the underdog to win, obviously, the, the win and the cover uh, over App State. New Mexico State and Fresno State at 4:15 on ESPN. Right after that Jack State game, you're gonna see uh, the Isleta. Uh, Isleta is that what it is? Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Uh, New Mexico State is three and a half point favorite. They are gonna win in their backyard in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Bruce, let's let's do that. Let's hang out right like that. Yeah, perfect. Let's. Why don't we finish up? Right here in my lap. How about that? So we can finish this bad boy up. At 6.30, ABC is take, is uh, going to show you uh, the Starco Brands LA Bowl. At UCLA is taking on Boise State, Boise State in Inglewood, California. So UCLA right in their backyard. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. You like the home uh, you like the home team in, when they're playing bowl games in their backyard. And then uh, the last game of the night is going to be California against Texas Tech. Radiance Technologies. Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, right there in Tim Brando's backyard. Texas Tech is a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to go with, look, no, nobody wants to play in the Independence Bowl. I'm going to go with Cal uh, as they cap off their season going seven and six, and they send Texas Tech to six and seven on the year. All right, uh, so there's our bowl, bowl games. Not a whole lot of high-profile games tomorrow, but it is football. These are all teams that have made bowls. Uh, look, happy for Jack State, eight and four. You deserve a bowl game. Uh, but Louisiana at six and six. Some of, some some of these teams. You got to have the look. I've always thought, and maybe this is just uh, old man of me, and may or maybe this is just no fun of me. I've always thought six wins to get to a bowl game is kind of hooey. It's kind of just like a, a low bar. You think about your teams like Kentucky. You think about your teams like uh, Mississippi State or uh, your lower-end SEC teams. Uh, you've got a hard lead. You do. You do. But this goes into the, the scheduling and the cupcakes. You schedule three cupcakes. You schedule three cupcakes. You win three league games, and boom, you're bowl eligible. Uh, you know, you, you have a what eight game schedule in the SEC, so you schedule four cupcakes, you win two league games, and boom, you're bowl eligible. You can be Arkansas, Arkansas was almost bowl eligible, uh, once they got going, once they got hot, uh, hot per se. No, they won a game or two at the end of the year. Uh, in South Carolina, they stayed alive until late in the year because bowl eligibility is oh, such a low threshold. Um, uh, maybe I'm jaded because of the Alabama background, the Alabama glasses. I've been in Tuscaloosa since 2008. Uh, but I just think that bowl eligibility is such a low bar. Uh, the, who, who wants to go to play in the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl? Who wants to play in the Independence Bowl? And I know Nick Saban played in the Independence Bowl in 2007, but who wants to, you know, don't, you know, it's fun to have football on TV, on my TV. Great. I love it. It will be on my TV. Will I be scrolling on my phone? Will I be reading other material? Will I be filling my time with other activities while those bowl games are on my TV? Yeah, I will. And so it's like, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, bowl games all day. Great. Starting at 10 a.m. Boom. That's earlier than normal. Great. We love that. Uh, but it's just like, uh, I'm not really going to be devoting my time to watching Georgia Southern. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be devoting my time to watching New Mexico State and Fresno State play. Uh, yeah, I know 10-4, and you would probably do deserve a bowl game. And 8-4, and four, I mean, probably your threshold needs to be eight wins. Because uh, Boise State, 8-5, and five, you deserve a bowl game. But Cal and Texas Tech, both teams are 6-6. Six and six. Who cares about that? Who cares about one to watch? I mean, UCLA seven and five. Okay, that's borderline. You played in a you played in a hard league, uh, but I just think that you know Georgia Southern six and six. You didn't play in that crazy of a league. Uh, six six wins is not really asking a whole lot. Uh, so a bowl bowl game. While it's nice for the fans, it's nice for the uh, for the players. Most universities lose money when they when they when they send a program on a bowl game, like. 
I propose maybe we uh, cut the bowl games by not a quarter, not a third, by you know fifteen percent, and make make the bowl game threshold seven wins. Uh, that, 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 that'd be that'd be that'd be nice for me. Make this more exciting uh, as bowl season gets started. But uh, all all, the, all that said, it's better this Saturday having college football on your TV better than last Saturday where your only option look Army Navy game great, but it's the only option, and once it's gone, it's gone. So uh, enjoy it. Bowl season is upon us, uh, and here we go as uh, it starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. Last thing for the day. Last thing for the day is obviously this is an Alabama-centric show, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. Duh. Uh, this is an Alabama-centric show. We're 17 days away from Alabama kicking off against Michigan. Uh, 17 days away, Alabama fluctuated between two, one, one and a half, two and a half point underdog in the game. I've spent the last two days watching uh, w- watching the first eight, nine weeks of Michigan uh, of Michigan's football season. They haven't been tested at all in the time that I've watched them. Haven't been tested against Purdue. Haven't been tested against Indiana. Haven't been tested against, uh, weren't tested against UNLV. Weren't tested against Rutgers. Really haven't been tested in the first couple of games that I've watched. Now, I know that I have to watch the Penn State game. and I've got to watch Maryland and Ohio State to kind of get the rest of the picture. And I know the Ohio State game is probably going to give me the best picture of what Michigan really is. But through the nine weeks that I've seen, this is what I've uh, I've noticed from Michigan. Now, obviously, my 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 judgment will change over the over the next couple of days as I take in the rest of the year. Michigan's good. I think Michigan's going to present Alabama with some problems. I think Michigan's going to challenge Alabama's manhood up front to a degree. Now. To, with that said, I like Justin Aboigby. I like Jaheim Otis uh, in, in a uh, in a manhood off, if you say. Uh, I like those two guys, especially uh, if you're if you're challenging somebody's manhood. Uh, but Michigan's good. They've got a good offensive line. They like twelve personnel a lot. Uh, they like twelve personnel. Look, I like JJ McCarthy. I got a little heat for not heat, but I got a little uh, pushback today in the media room. But while we we're waiting on NATO, it's because I compared J, uh, JJ McCarthy to to Jackson Dart. I I think JJ is a good little athlete on par with Jackson Dart athletically, not going to run so much, but can run. Uh, I think that I've seen through nine weeks that they've called enough quarterback runs that Jackson Dart's going to score a rushing touchdown in the Rose Bowl. If you're a betting man or woman watching the show, that Jackson Dart, you just go ahead and place that prop. You get uh, you get Michigan on the 12-yard line. They're going to call a quarterback draw, and he's going to walk into the end zone, as many quarterbacks have done already this season against the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've seen it before. I like Jackson. Uh, I, I like JJ McCarthy. Now he's got a, a receiver, Roman Wilson, to throw to, and Cornelius Johnson as well. Uh, Roman Wilson's a good little player. Is he a great receiver? I don't think he's gone up against a great corner yet on the tape that I have seen. Uh, he's a good little receiver. I uh, like obviously any matchup with Kuei McKinstry. I like Kuei McKinstry. I like Terry Terry Arnold in any matchup uh, with Terry with Terry and Arnold in it. So Terry and Arnold against Cornelius Johnson. Uh, I think is going to be a favorable matchup for Alabama. But what I do think you're going to see is Trey Amos play a lot against Cornelius Johnson. And I think you're going to see Terry Arnold play a lot of star, a lot of interior against uh, against uh, Loveland. Loveland, 18. They're tight end. Uh, 18 and 89. They've got two tight ends that are of quality. They're not Brock Bowers, but they're two pretty good tight ends. Uh, they're they're kind of both C.J. Dupree types. Maybe a little better and more. They're not quite Amari Nyblack athleticism, but they're they're more CJ Dupree mixed with Amari Nyblack. We'll say that. Uh, they're both versatile tight ends. They run and pass with them, but they get into a lot of 13 personnel as well. They throw a 44 out there, and he plays a lot of uh, third tight end slash, slash, uh, slash fullback for them. Obviously, you know Blake Corum. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are are, are really good running backs. I look Blake Corum. I put it out there on Twitter. You can check it out at Joe Gaither Six. What, what what do you rate Blake Corum one to ten? I've been thinking about it. I think I rate him a nice seven point eight. I think I rate him a nice seven point eight. He he's a good running back, not great. He reminds me a lot of. Uh, he reminds me a lot of. Uh, 
a lot of Damian Harris, like skinny Damian Harris. Uh, if Damian Harris were a little bit faster, a little bit more powerful, and could catch the ball a little bit better out of the backfield. Uh, but so I like their offense. I like Michigan's offense. And I like, look, I always love an old school approach. They run the ball first. They get the ball out there and play action. They get the ball out there on the edge. They're creative in the running game. Uh, for one weird thing I've noticed through the nine weeks is they've got a lot of trick plays. They have a, they, they, they've called flea flicker at least three or four times through the, this early part of the season, through these nine weeks that I've watched. Uh, they've called a lot of end rounds. They've called a lot of reverses. So Alabama is going to have to be on a stoge defensively. Now, as far as Michigan's defense. Again, look, their competition, they haven't been challenged in these nine weeks that I've watched. I, I do have to watch Ohio State and Penn State. Remember that with these comments. I've got to watch uh, the Iowa the Iowa Big Ten Championship and the Maryland, the, the, the Maryland close win as well. But uh, they, they're not challenged. <clears throat> Defensively, they're playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage the entire time. Anytime they want to rush, anytime they want to blitz, they get pressure on these other quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks that they played in the Big Ten are hooey. They're not good. They are not good. They would make you cry if any of them were under center for the Crimson Tide. They would. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and, and like I like to be positive you, most of the time. Uh, they would make you cry if they, if they were under center for Alabama, uh, the, these opponents. The Indiana quarterback, not good. UNLV quarterback didn't know what he was doing. Like, they're serving up uh, they're serving up turnover after turnover after turnover. I mean, Michigan's defense, yeah, you got to give them credit, but they're not really – I don't think they've really been challenged up front through the nine games that I've watched in, the, in this part of the year. So what does it mean for Alabama? I think Alabama gets into a game plan where you are running the football, trying to run right at them, trying to establish your own physicality, your own brand of we're going to call Jalen Milrow runs when we want to. We're going to mix him into the running game, much like the Georgia game was, much like the Auburn, uh, not the Auburn game, much like the Georgia or the LSU game was. You, you kind of look at those two games. Uh, I think that Alabama is going to want to get it done up front against these men and neutralize them up front uh, so that you can get after in the passing game. Look, I, you've, you've seen a couple of plays down the field against the Michigan defensive backs through these nine weeks. Uh, and so that makes me think maybe you can get down the field if these average quarterbacks with these average, look, they haven't played anyone with a weapon, anyone with a running back that would make you sweat, anyone with a receiver who would make you sweat. And so going back to the Bill Hancock conversation about strength of schedule, uh, I know Michigan, their scores have been off the charts. Uh, but through these nine weeks, I mean, granted, they are going to play Penn State in, in my rewatch, and they are going to play Ohio State in my rewatch, absolutely, and those are good good wins. But uh, there's not a whole lot of good football teams on the Michigan football schedule. Uh, so I wonder what they're going to be like out there in Pasadena when they play against a real good football team. Obviously, they've already had experience playing Ohio State. And I think Ohio State was good. I do. I don't know if they've been uh, traditionally as good as they've been the last couple of years. I don't know if Ryan Day is keeping the uh, train rolling as hot or as good uh, as it's been uh, in previous regimes with Urban Meyer, um, or Urban Meyer specifically. All right, so that's pretty much going to do it for my day today. We're going to get out of here for the day. I appreciate everybody who joined me all week long. We had uh, we, we, we had our man, we had our man Michael Bronner on Tuesday from WNSP join us to talk about Ryan Williams and all kinds of topics, college football playoff topics, and more. We had our friends uh, we had our friends Jacob Bain and Joey Van Zimmeren on Wednesday talking about Missouri and Mississippi State. Excuse me, backwards order: Mississippi State and Missouri. Uh, Jacob Bain is my man with Cowbell Corner, and Joey Van Zimmeren is my man with. Mizzou Central. Yesterday, we had my friend Will Miller join me from BamaCentral.com talking all kinds of topics. You never know where it's going to go with Will Miller, uh, so I appreciate that. Follow him at RealWBMiller on the social media machines. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. We're coming back on Monday. On Monday, we are going to talk Rose Bowl heavy. We're going to talk about Nick Saban's press conference. What did he say on Monday? We'll talk Alabama and Creighton. Did Alabama win? Hopefully. We'll see. Did they? That would be a great win over the weekend. You're going to need to win, considering what Auburn's going to do on Sunday. Auburn's going to beat the brakes off of Bronny James and the USC Trojans, and they're going to parade it all over social media. So you're going to want to have a win in your back pocket, Alabama, to back that up with. Uh, we'll talk about that on, on Monday as well. Alabama and Creighton, Auburn and USC. 
Rose Bowl practice, Nick Saban press conference. We'll keep it rolling. We'll be three or four days away for early enrolling or early, early signing day. We already kind of talked about it at the beginning of the program today, but we will reiterate it next week on the Joe Gaither Show. Follow us at Bama Central, at BamaCentral.com, at Bama Central SI on, on Instagram, at Alabama Crimson Tide on, on Facebook. Uh, and then you can follow me at Joe Gaither 6 on all the social media machines. I'll be back on Monday for another edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.